This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Hello, good evening. Welcome to the Late Late Show with Jeff Jeff Pedley. It is Tuesday, the 18th of October, 2022, and I am extremely pleased to be with you tonight. This one's for the English teachers. What's your favourite text to teach? Do you prefer novels or plays, classics or contemporary? Tonight, favourite text to teach. Tune in, talk it out. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, good evening. Welcome to The Late Late Show with Jeff Pedley. It's Tuesday the 18th of October 2022 on Teachers Talk Radio. And tonight we're going to be just discussing what is your favourite text to teach? This one's for the English teachers, finally. Do you prefer the classics or more contemporary books? What's your favourite in age group to, uh, to teach? Is it Key Stage 3, GCSE, A-Level? Do you prefer it when you're given free choice or possibly not so much when our choices are forced upon us do you like novels or plays also what's your least favorite book to teach have you ever had a text which is incredibly difficult to teach that maybe you bailed out halfway through now i'm very wary that some of us are on half term and uh hopefully you can use that time now to uh text in we are live on the podbeam app we are also uh contactable <laughs> we have just invented through uh, available through twitter you can contact me at jeff underscore pedley uh through twitter and also using the teachers talk radio hashtag at tt radio 2022 now i am not alone tonight i am incredibly pleased to be joined to be joined by steph mitchell steph can you hear me I am so glad that you're with me tonight. I'm really sorry I cannot hear you. Uh, How about now? Is that any better? Yes, that's there miles better. Thank, thank you so much. We got there, Steph. Finally, <laughs> we've got there. We've got there. We'll just pretend that none of this happened. <laughs> <laughs> you sound in a really good mood. Are you on of half turn? No, I don't break up till Friday. Oh. Well, I've actually still got eight more sleeps left. Eight more? Oh, no, that's a lot of sleeps. I think you'll be... You must be going back as I'm... um, Yeah, I must be going back as you break up, I reckon. Yeah, because I was thinking how bad it was. Like, there were some people on half term last week, for example. But then I've just quickly calculated it now. When I come back, I've only got four and a half weeks until Christmas. So I've got an incredibly short term. Oh, that's a lot to cram until Christmas. It is. And my year 11s and my year 12s are on exams for two of those weeks. They get taken out of all of less, all lessons. So I'm only teaching like, I don't know. Well, I won't even say because I'm in a European school system and I, and I don't like to talk, compare it with that. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, really busy. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Steph, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Could you uh, introduce yourself, please? I can. Um, I'm Steph Mitchell. I am Head of English at Lancaster Royal Grammar School. And I have been teaching now for, um, I think this is my 18th year, which 
makes me feel very old. Wow, 18th years. But Steph, I think when I add all my years together, I'm, I've been teaching 14 years now, if yeah. you include the training years. Now, I know you through working in Lancaster when I did my, or doing my teacher training in Lancaster. Uh, I was trying to think of what year it was. Is it 2009 we worked oh. together? I'd possibly yeah it was when I, I was like um so I taught at Ripley St Thomas at that time um and yeah and I was your mentor so it's a miracle that you're still teaching <laughs> <laughs> no but I'm still I'm still and I'm, I'm still stealing some of your ideas yes like uh, I remember being in your lesson once when you did thunks I know I mentioned that to you earlier uh, yeah and yeah, and I used them yesterday with a, the equivalent of like a year eight class. Like I've got a bilingual class in year eight that I teach. So I teach them like L1 students really. And yeah, that, it was really crazy. It's come full circle. Uh, and it's funny because I'd forgotten all about that. So tomorrow I'm going to go and blow the dust off my funk book and, um, <laughs> and have a bit of a go with those. And so now I'm your mentor. It's, it's come full circle. It there has. <laughs> Completely full circle. Uh, exactly. how's, it, how, how's it in Lancaster? It's a great town. Slash Lancaster, city. it is. Lancaster is, uh, is really good. We just had the music festival this weekend. So um, really sort of uh, buzzing, great vibe around the city this weekend. So it was good. Ah, okay. And if, have you been involved with that? Well, I was... Um, at various venues where there was live music involved is uh you know i was listening <laughs> to it <laughs> that's good enough that's good enough and i suppose we get we better get on with what we've what, what we're meant to be doing today which is yeah. favorite texts to teach now i couldn't think of anyone better to share this show <laughs> with today and i just want to i just want to like we I've been in the southeast for the last ten years or so before I, I moved to Belgium. So I've been possibly the furthest geographically away from me, and I'm even further mm. away now. But when I had my interview, do you remember when I had my interview for the European School? Yeah, and you, you were the person that. So we got given that the European back system. You get given a theme, you get given a set text. So it was childhood and. No, it was growing up and fever pitch, and I rang you, didn't I, before the interview? Mm. If you yeah. could, even even to this day, I find that a really difficult a difficult uh, topic, really, or theme. Mm. Growing up, because lots of texts have it as a as a sample or a snippet. I'm thinking Great Expectations and a few of the Dickens books, but it's quite hard. And see, mm. he needs poetry, for example, but it's quite hard to find a text that really deals with growing up and not coming of age really i guess you yeah. can argue it's similar i don't know uh, but you helped me loads that day and you're helping me loads today as well <laughs> so let's let's make a start really i think my first my first mm. question is 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 really when we when we when we start to think about these texts how much how much time do you put into into context teaching context do you think oh that's a difficult one um I think it de it depends. I think that there is there are some things that students need to understand in order to access the text. Um, you know, if you think about things like a Christmas Carol, for example, if they don't understand the sort of um, Dickens's message um, because that's his purpose for writing the novel, then they're not going to get as much out of that book as they would do otherwise. Mm. Um, but you also don't want to sort of hammer them over the head with a with a history lecture. Um, 
and it also I think is a good way of looking at how things change so if you look at books that used to be in the curriculum um, all the time so things like Of Mice and Men, To Kill a Mockingbird, those sort of texts um, and the context of um, sort of African Americans at that time um, that's a really important thing I think to to understand and to communicate before you can get into the the text itself. Yeah just uh, focusing on To Kill a Mockingbird I mean I opened a uh, a bit of a Twitter debate this week about of mice and men and the removal of American literature mm. uh, from from the I think this was Gulf, wasn't it? About five yeah. five years ago, maybe took it out of our took of mice and men to kill a mockingbird, it, etc. Off of uh, uh, off the schemes. Do you miss teaching mockingbird, or do you still do you still sneak it in at other in other parts? Oh, we still sneak it in. I think um, I think the reality is that, um, I mean, it's my favourite book, To Kill a Mockingbird. I love To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, mm. And a lot of schools have then moved that to their Key Stage 3 curriculum. So what a lot of schools find is that they've got a lot more freedom in Key Stage 3 to teach, um, to teach other texts, so to teach literature, not just from America, but from around the world to, yeah. um, to do that. And... Um, and I think that's important that um, I, th I think that is important. I also think that what is becoming um, increasingly more important and rightly so is that we look at um, we look at marginalized voices, but told through um, you know, minority ethnic authors as well. So it's not just a white person's account of a black person's experience. And I think that it's important that we um, we look at those sort of um, classic texts, but we also look at sort of expanding the fold to include some new ones as well. Yeah, a, re a really nice point on uh, there. This this year within my uh, back studies, within my back studies, within the students' back studies, is the theme is overcoming prejudice and the set text we've got for this year is Americana by Adichie. I don't know if you've come across that before. No. It's it's really, really good, really good. It's just a long text. Uh, right. It's, and, and again, it's it's exactly, it takes, you know, says kind of applies to all of the things you were saying early, just, just then, but mm. it's an incredibly long text, and we've only got, I don't know, like a, say like a like one to a half term to get through it and we're talking 500 pages or so can you what's what's the longest text you've ever taught do you think can you think of a text oh. that you've really struggled with um oh that's an interesting question because i think that at gcse a lot of teachers will um avoid things like great expectations because of the length and also i was just about to say that <laughs> Yeah, and also because in the, the British school system at the moment, you've got this expectation that it's also part sort of literary appreciation, but also part memory recall test. And so if you're expecting students to recall a, um, a large amount of text, then actually doing that over a massive novel. I mean, at the moment, my um, A-level students, one of their texts is Tess of the D'Urbervilles, which, of course, is um, quite oh, wow. a chunky tome. And it's not an open book exam. And they're going to have to work out ways of making that more manageable. Yeah. And going back to Great Expectations, we actually, oh, I was within a department that chose that when mm. they removed Of Mice and Men. And it wasn't 
even the the length of it which posed a problem it was it's it fell within the gcse of the character question again i'm going back mm. into my you quickly forget programs don't you when you come out of them so i'm going back like yeah. four or five years but it was the it's one part of the the literature paper specifically character theme and setting i think you kn- you yeah. know it's going to be one of those questions and i think mm. great expectation has about 20 main characters yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it, it wasn't even just the the length of it it was the characterization and the setting as well in lots of different settings and the language uh, is is quite sort of difficult you've got a, a pre-1914 text there and then you've yeah. also got on the same spec you could do um a christmas carol which yeah. you know is is for a lot of students a lot more accessible so um it's interesting in terms of sort of differentiation and how you would then tackle that with um students of different abilities yeah definitely we ended up choosing uh Jekyll and Hyde I think was from that set mm. wasn't it yeah I think we chose Jekyll and, Hi- Jekyll and Hyde in the end I, I actually really enjoyed teaching that but again it's so short that one isn't it Compa- how can that be in the same vein as, <laughs> as great expectations you know the yeah characterize you know the character theme and setting question within that one compared to great expectation is cr- is such a breadth you know of, of knowledge yeah exactly and you yeah you almost want to give them a better grade for having a go at that you think well, that's, yeah. that's ambitious well done <laughs> <laughs> uh, what what are your favorite classics to teach oh it's like asking somebody to pick their favorite child this isn't it <laughs> you know it's it's a bit unfair um i was thinking about this and actually he's shakespeare is obviously on the on the curriculum for us and the idea that they'll do at gcse and they're meant to do it twice at key stage three but actually i really enjoy teaching shakespeare as a sort of um i don't know if you'd term him technically as a as a classic i suppose he is in terms of in terms of drama isn't he um but yeah i just think what I enjoy about that is that every time there's something different and the language is so amazing to look into and that I like the sort of light bulb moment for pupils when they think they don't like it or they thought they weren't going to like it and then all of a sudden they can latch onto something and realise that it's relevant today and I think that's really important. I completely agree. I mean, as I say, when you have when you have that really challenge, I'm thinking of like Wordsworth's poetry or something like this, mm-hmm. and, and they, yeah, they they find the connections. I feel like it's especially when you've got some maybe less able students as well. It really mm. is like memorable teaching. I really enjoy that. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll come on to Shakespeare in a little bit, but, mm. but maybe moving, maybe staying staying within novels. I think. Okay. Uh, uh, I know I, I briefly touched on this. What's your opinion on uh, of mice and men? Because I think I opened a, or I kicked, I kicked a, a bees hive when I oh. uh, <laughs> when I said I, I put on Twitter something like, uh, "Are people still teaching of mice and men? If so, if so, mm. where does it where does it fit?" And it there were people were really it was a bit like marmite. They were like really mm. you know really pro or really anti. Like we got rid yep. of it as soon as possible. It's really shallow, really mm. superficial, really. But I I taught it last year to my year nines over here yep. as this and they've they've got english as their second language and i talk talk to my year nines and they absolutely loved it and it was really yeah. nice to be able to teach it without examination and analysis really just for comprehension and yeah. i get I, th- I think you see it completely different when you've got a free choice and you're not mm. teaching for the exam i think 
Uh, what, what's your opinion on it, do you think? I think it's a great text. I think that the characters are um, are beautifully done. I think that it's got a real sort of emotional resonance on a number of levels. And there are um, lots of characters, I think, that people can identify with there, which, um, which is really important. And nobody is, um, none of those characters are one dimensional. You know, there's something to, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can see faults in the characters that are meant to be sort of held up as examples or as, as better than the others. And you can see flaws in, you know, in flaws in them. And you can see vulnerabilities in the characters that are meant to be the sort of baddies, if you like. Um, and it's just beautiful you know that scene at the end is just so um so beautifully written and the whole sort of you know moral dilemma that that then evokes and the discussion about that I think and how you know um he did a bad thing for a good reason um Mm. and and I think that I think that kids can relate to that yeah and it's it's amazing if you can get teach a class that don't know the ending of uh yes of 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 streetcar uh, sorry streetcar uh, i was just that i was just thinking about that sorry because that that was another ending that if you don't know the end of uh yeah. can have a a massive impact on the on students and like i say mm. teaching that teaching of mice and men to year eight year nine when they don't know the ending when year 11s haven't spoiled it for them in the playground it's it's you know <laughs> i think there's i think there's a meme somewhere the internet of like year there's like this cocky guy walking around it's like a year 11 who was just told the year year eight's the end of <laughs> the end of mice and men <laughs> But uh, some of the comments, some of the comments I had, uh, I had about. I'll share these with you though. Oh yeah. Uh, Lucy said, "Blimey, is that still doing the rounds?" It was my GCSE text two thousand five. <laughs> Holly said, "Our last year of teaching it can't wait to get rid of it." Have mm. simple, evocative, like much of Steinbeck's writing, like it so much more in retrospect. And then mm. loads of people just like, "Hell no, Bronte, it's so boring, Kirsty." And then it, it's really interesting as well. Emma Norman here says that she does it with a year eight. Mm. And so it's it, it's crazy, isn't it, that we, th- that we think that some of these texts that sometimes we, we, we really built up for year 10 and year 11. And you can just, yeah, you can scaffold it for, you know, I, I, I would eat, I would feel comfortable doing it with a year seven, you know, and I know that sounds crazy, mm. but you can scaffold it all the way. Yeah, uh, I think you can. Uh, and I think it's... Um, it's it's interesting the comments about it's still doing the rounds and I, I was thinking about this earlier mm. on and the sort of range of texts that I've taught through my career and I suppose really when you think I've been teaching as long as I have yeah the the range of texts isn't always necessarily that that great partly mm. because of the sort of constraints of curriculum and budget and all of those other things but also because of the amount of the time and the investment that it takes to prepare a text for teaching teaching is quite substantial Mm. so I think and you want to do it properly you want to do it justice and so I think that um you know in terms of like favorites are ones that have been taught for a long time because the investment in changing those or doing something different is quite substantial really for teachers Mm. and a a really nice point there uh moving on to more contemporary texts what you do you have any contemporary texts that you're really enjoying teaching at the moment well we've had um as a department we've uh, we've had a real push to sort of um to shadow some book prizes so uh, we've just finished mm. shadowing the the booker um Amazing. 
have to have a shout out for um, the trees because that for me was the winner. I loved that book and I would thoroughly recommend that. Not necessarily to teach; it's quite explicit um, content mm. and material, but that's that's a good one. But because we shadow those, we also shadowed the Costa Book Prize, and they do a children's fiction um, prize. Okay. And as a result of that, um, a number of our department have chosen to, um, as a result of the the prizes that they've um, the book that they've shadowed sorry for the prize they have now changed some text that they teach to key stage three so um i'm teaching asher and the spirit bird by jasbinder balan um currently that is my year seven um choice we've got some of the department teaching uh, voyage of the sparrow hawk which um featured on a list a couple of years ago so in terms of sort of keeping things fresh and also the the challenge is to be teaching stuff that primary schools haven't already got hold of and, and done a scheme of work on so you find mm. that a lot of primary schools are teaching things like you know good night mr tom or the boy in the striped pajamas or mm. holes or you know and because they've already they feel that they've done it it's nice mm. to present them with something fresh when they come to secondary school i think yeah you might have heard me like vigorously scribbling down in the background there <laughs> i was like trying to <laughs> I'll have to listen back, listen back to that myself that bit because I want to steal all of those and read them, read them up. Uh, like, and it's so nice, isn't it? Just to not, and I, and I know that we're we're restricted by budgets, etc. What's in the mm. what's in the book cupboard? But it's nice not to hear Stone Cold Warhols, Michael Morpurgo holes. Uh, yeah. Do you know what we I mean? have we have those, and they've you know sometimes they can be um, they can be enjoyable, but um, yeah, I think in key stage three that for us there's a real responsibility to um, to present something fresh, mm. to also if we're serious about looking at how minority groups are represented, this is the place to do it. I think that mm. um, some GCSE boards are now um, are going to be changing. I think from next September some of their texts to make them more inclusive but I think um, especially for for me my school is until it gets to sixth form is a is a boys school so mm. um, things with strong female characters are important um, we've got quite a diverse um, minority ethnic population so doing texts where pupils can see themselves in some way represented is also important mm, absolutely Spot on. Uh, Steph, we're going to have a little break uh, now just for the news and if, for a few adverts. When we come back, I'd love to hear more about your views on Shakespeare, maybe oh. also some plays that you've enjoyed teaching and start to think about texts for some low ability students. Again, we've talked about Key Stage 3 and finally maybe some of our least favourite texts to oh, teach as well. Lovely. Any texts you've maybe bailed out halfway through <laughs> as well. I think that's happened once for me. I'll be interested to know if that's happened to you as well. Okay, we're going to have a short break and we'll be back in a moment. Thank you, Steph. teamed up with the Witherslack Group to bring you a fantastic face-to-face meetup in Manchester next month. Tickets are free with lunch included and you'll be met with a host of amazing speakers. Sign up for Your Voice now at witherslackgroup.co.uk forward slash yourvoice2022. Hi. 
I'm Charlie Burley, the Teacher's Health Coach, and I want to talk to you about the first ever health and wellbeing event for educators, Rewriting Wellbeing. It's a full day dedicated to improving your health as a teacher through looking at your nutrition, movement, mindset, workload and wellbeing in school. You'll hear from our incredible lineup of speakers including Andrew Cowley, Jen Foster, Kimberly Wilson, Simon Bolger and many more. There'll be talks, workshops and time to network with like-minded colleagues. We'll look after you all day with brunch, lunch and all the refreshments. You'll get to meet our incredible speakers and our amazing team of ambassadors from the education space. It's a non-profit event with all proceeds going to the amazing education charity EdSupport. This isn't one to miss. I look forward to seeing you there on the 22nd of October at Etc Venues St Paul's in London. You can search Rewriting Wellbeing on the Eventbrite website to find out more. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. Friday the 14th of October saw many schools mark Restart a Heart Day 2022. In Yorkshire, thousands of children across the county took part in events, learning vital life-saving skills. The Yorkshire Ambulance Service ran events designed to improve cardiac arrest survival rates, visiting 136 secondary schools and training more than 30,000 students. A spokesman for the service said that since the launch of the programme in 2014, bystander CPR rates in Yorkshire have increased from 39.9 to 74.9%. Across all four home nations, the British Heart Foundation and the Resuscitation Council UK have worked with a range of partners to ensure that more and more people can learn how to save a life. The official Restart a Heart Day was the 16th of October 2022. The iNewspaper reports on news that the UK's largest teaching union, the NEU, has announced that it will hold a formal ballot for strike action, with a timetable for potential walkouts to be announced in the next few days. The union represents more than 450,000 teaching staff across the country and said it would move ahead with proceedings after it said the government had failed to respond to its calls for an above-inflation pay rise for teachers. A preliminary ballot showed that 98% support a pay rise above the current inflation rate of 10%. The government has offered a rise of 5% for most teachers. The ballot also showed that 86% of teacher members said they were willing to take strike action. The NESUWT has also announced that it will pursue strike action over pay. FE Week focuses on criticism of, of exam board decisions to raise fees by up to 17%. It says that schools and colleges face having to pay out tens of thousands of pounds more in GCSE and A-level fees. Exam boards at Excel and OCR have raised fees for all 2023 exams by 6% whilst England's largest exam board, AQA, has hiked prices by between 5 and 17%. AQA remains the board with the lowest prices overall. 
Exam boards say they need to hike prices in order to cover costs, while school leaders say the rises are inappropriate at a time when school leaders battle with rising energy and staffing costs. Comments from all boards indicate that whilst they understand schools and colleges are stretched, they try to offer as much value for money as possible and try to keep fees low. In Jersey, the government has pledged to expand its school meal programme to all public primary schools if the £1.6 million funding plan is approved by ministers. The money will be used to create new facilities to store and serve meals, as well as food itself. Chief Minister, Deputy Christina Moore, says the plan shows government commitment to supporting children and families, especially as the cost of living crisis continues. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to look at keeping your phone charged should power cuts be introduced. Coming home to no power between 4 and 7pm may be something we have to learn to live with as the winter approaches. We can live without most things, however, for most, our mobile phone is the main point of contact. With being in work all day and no means of charging once home, will your phone last that extra bit of time? Before I begin, this is not an advert, so there'll be no brand names mentioned just a look at the technology available to extend the uptime of your phone to keep you connected with your friends and family. The power bank is the obvious choice for extending the charge of your phone. They've come on a lot since they were first introduced. When buying, consider the technology your phone has. If it has an induction charger, meaning you just put your phone on a pad to charge, there are rechargeable induction chargers available. They're like a little backpack for your phone. They come with a stick-on magnet or will connect via an existing magnetic connection if you should have one built in. They can allow simple and secure connection to the charge. Just be aware, some magnetic connections are weakened by the type of case you have on your phone. If you want something more multi-purpose, there are several other types of power bank available. Some double up as torches and hand warmers. However, if you spent the day keeping your hands warm, there won't be much left for you to charge your phone at the end of the day. The next thing to consider while you're making your choices is the capacity of the charge they can hold. This is measured in MAH or milliamp hours. The bigger the number, the more charge it will hold and therefore the longer it will last before recharging. Usually this relates to the cost and also the overall size and weight of the device. To give an example, a 2000 milliamp hour battery will provide approximately twice the charging time as a 1000 milliamp hour battery. Basically what I'm saying is, if you're wanting to charge a device several times throughout the day, then you'll want a large milliamp hour capacity. Finally, if you're going to use a power bank, remember they take time to charge too. So make sure you get into a routine so you're not caught out. Do you already have a power bank? I'd love to hear from you. Why not tell us at TT Radio 2022? I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, welcome back to Teachers Talk Radio. My name is Jeff Pedley and it is the Late Late Show on Tuesday night. Tonight we are talking all about favourite texts to teach. If you would like to take part in the conversation, you can uh, text in live on the Podbean app right now or you can tweet at TT Radio 2022 or indeed uh, via the personal Twitter at J-E-F-F underscore P-E-D-L-E-Y at Jeff underscore Pedley on Twitter. I'm joined today by Steph Mitchell, who is head of English at uh, Lancaster Royal Grammar School in Lancaster, of course. Uh, Steph, do you charge your phone in the classroom? How do you find the charging situation? 
Well, that's an interesting one. I do use um, an app to do my um, registers and a bit of random selector. And I have got um, a charger behind my desk. So I do charge my iPad, but not my phone in the classroom. Yes. It's a daily battle I have because one of the legacies, one of the legacies of uh, uh, of COVID is that I still teach via my iPad onto the screen. You know, it's excellent uh, for texts and annotations and you can pass mm-hmm. it around the class so the kids are instantly, you know, annotating on the board, etc. Mm-hmm. And it's just a daily battle every day just to keep everything charged, I think. Well, I like a visualiser. This has changed our life. So, um, yeah, and you can just whip the kids' work underneath it and live mark it, and that is is brilliant, actually. So I love using that. Yeah, we've still got blackboards in in our school, so... Uh, I think I, I'm like 100 years ahead with my iPad. I'm not actually joking. I'm not actually You're like joking. a man from the future. <laughs> you know, European Union school, we thought, yeah, it would be uh, all singing, all dancing. Anyway, let's not go down that route. Uh, so uh, before the break, we talked a bit about our favourite classics, some contemporary texts. Uh, and again, I was vigorously scribbling down all of the, all of, especially with the, especially with the key stage three uh, modern texts you were you were you were mentioning yeah. there. Uh, how do you find Shakespeare? What's your favourite Shakespeare play to teach? Oh well, I love Shakespeare. My mum um, hates it. Uh, you know that blooming Shakespeare. She's got no time for it at all. Um, thinks he's massively overrated. Um, I love it. But I will admit that I'm quite selective about my love for Shakespeare. Mm. So I have never braved a history play um, Mm. to teach, although I've got colleagues who have have done that and really enjoyed it, but I've never done it. I really enjoy a tragedy. Um, Don't we all? Yeah, (laughs) I love a tragedy. Um, with year seven, they um, they do like a, we do um, comedies or problem plays in year seven, mm. and I really enjoy the Taming of the Shrew. That is yeah. brilliant to teach to a load of boys. The idea of trying to make a an obedient wife, I think, is phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, I'm trying to think about. I'll say my least favorite before I go on to. I yeah, I've never touched a, a history play. Mm. Uh, I don't like Midsummer's Night's Dream. I don't like The Tempest. No. I'm really, especially, I've seen some schemes where you do extracts of them and it's really out no. of, it, it's really hard for, for students to to cling on to, you know, connections with them. Sometimes maybe that maybe that's just my teaching that I need to reflect on, but I, I guess because I don't enjoy it, I don't. I, I don't, don't enjoy them as much. And Midsummer Night's Dream was my, um, so my A-level group last year did that for examination and it wasn't, um, it wasn't one that I enjoyed teaching. Mm. Um, yeah. My, my favourite by far, and I think it's just because I've taught it so much, is Macbeth. Mm. The first year I taught it, I I hated it. I hated mm-hmm. it, and I got through it. And every year, it's like it just grows on you, and it, it just gets oh. deeper and deeper and deeper every year, doesn't it? What like a like a Veruca or something? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I'll write that down. I'm, Is that a Booker Prize book? I'm, the Veruca <laughs> by Steph Mitchell. It's just. I mean. I think I've been a victim of Macbeth in the sense that I have seen, I've gone to take kids to see it far too many times, I think. Yeah. And and so um, 
there's a really good BBC adaptation where Macbeth is a chef. Um, I think it's like okay. a 90s or an early 2000s um, adaptation. Really good adaptation. The whole principle of Macbeth, I, um, I quite enjoy. But, yeah, I teach for GCSE at the minute, a Merchant of Venice. Love Merchant of Venice. Mm. I was just about to say to you, because, uh, yeah, as I've said, my theme this year is overcoming prejudice. Mm. So my my set text is uh, Americana by Adichie, as I said. And my comparative text, which I'm going to do after Christmas, will be Merchant of Venice. Oh, nice. we can we normally do a, a film as well, something that's that's quite a modern film for comparison as well. You're allowed Ooh. to do that. And the loose the loose terminology of a text can be a piece of art or a movie yeah. for comparison reasons, which is quite interesting actually. Uh, but I'm going so I'm going to do a Green Book as my as my comparative movie, and I'm going to do Merchant of Venice after Christmas. And why Merchant and not Othello? I just don't like. Uh, I, I was scarred. <laughs> I was scarred with them for thorough. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to people who know which school I went to, but I had a really. I I did it at A level, and literally the teacher just read to us for like two months, and we didn't make any get We didn't really engage with the text, and it just it's just ruined oh. it for me. And I've kind of oh. even even at university, I did Merchant of Venice as my as my you know as my study piece, and mm. I, d- I don't know. I think I've been scarred by some bad teaching of Othello. Maybe I'll come back to it. You need day. to come back to it and appreciate the genius of Iago, I think. He's mm. sort of like, he is just such a phenomenal villain. So my A-level students are doing it at the moment, and I yeah. hope that they uh, they love it. But yeah, I, I really enjoy, yeah, Merchant of Venice is a brilliant text to do. Um, and I think the kids enjoy it as well. The um, it's funny we talk about Othello. The the uh, there was a trip just to a, to a uh, to watch a performance of Othello. To just just on the outskirts of Brussels last week, and every English class went apart from mine because I was I'm not, <laughs> taking, I'm not taking you to Othello. No, you won't like it. No, like it. so all all my my class got a stoppy on. I said I'll take you to Merchant of Venice after Christmas. Don't worry. Oh yeah. I don't want to confuse you with two texts in the same blah blah blah. Some some rubbish like this. And then I. Uh, Seemingly, the students that went to watch it, they didn't really get it. And when, uh, yeah, when uh, Desdemona is it is killed, that shows mm-hmm. you how long. Like, I still don't think I touched it since my. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when she's killed, all the all the kids applauded because it was the first bit of action, <laughs> and they did and they did like a sta- and the the cast. Oh my thought, god! The no. cast thought they were doing it ironically and stopped the play. And oh, then gosh. the per- the person playing Desdemona talked about the. You know what's going on here. You you need oh, to be respectful, no. and it was really awkward because the students thought it was the end of the play and clapped. So oh, I'm glad God. I didn't take my class. Oh, <laughs> I'd want that floor to open up and swallow me. That would be awful. <laughs> Just, but you do need oh, to show your class. Sorry, the um the Merchant of Venice is a really good film version, which mm. I think is um. Al Pacino as Shylock. Yeah, I know that. I love that film. Version. It's an amazing version, really quite close to the text. And um, yeah, really, really very, very good. When uh, when we do Macbeth as well, we watch the full theatre, you know, the full theatre version. There's some amazing yeah. some amazing adaptations of that. I had a text in as well on Twitter. Some, uh, Hannah, who's an English teacher in London, said, my favourite text to teach has to be Macbeth. Everything about Macbeth excites both me and the students. I love seeing their penny drop moments when they understand mm. Shakespeare's many metaphors. And 
Uh, and then she moves on to another play, which is what we're going to do as well. So plays, what are your favourite plays to teach? And again, we've got such a, a wide range as well of, of quality text here. I um, quite enjoy, um, so I've taught a view from the bridge, loved it. I think that's um, a complete sort of pressure cooker of emotions. And it's really, um, I've seen some good live versions of that. Mm. Um, and this idea of a girl who's struggling to grow up and, um, you know, her sort of, um uncle father figure who's who wants to sort of keep her very much um a little girl um is is really interesting and the mm. sort of the conflict that that brings um i think is good i also really enjoyed and i've taught this um a couple of times hobson's choice okay so I've taught that to Key Stage 3. So that used to be um, a sort of GCSE text and, and we, we moved it down. Mm. And I saw a really good play of that at the Royal Exchange where instead of being set in this sort of Manchester, it's set in a, a shoe shop, basically. Hobson's is a, is a shoe shop. Um, they set it in um, like a sari shop they had an Indian family and they set it in uh, in a sari shop and sort of looked at that so um and that was a really good way of, of sort of freshening it up and bringing it into the modern day uh, amazing sorry to interrupt you we've just had a text in from Charlotte yeah. C who says oh I went to uni with Steph say hello oh. to Mama Steph for me <laughs> hello Charlotte <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> Steph, Steph, Steph. Um, have you ever taught streetcar? Did you tell me you, you taught streetcar before? Um, no, I haven't taught streetcar. Um, I did, I think, um, that was one of the National Theatre Lives, wasn't it, in lockdown? Mm, yeah, it, it was, was with... Uh, that was an amazing production. Was it Gillian uh, Anderson? Yeah, that? that's right. Yeah, she, she mm. was amazing in that. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. I'm going to start teaching Death of a Salesman shortly. Um, okay. So I'm not sure, I've not taught that before. So that'll be an interesting um, text to teach, I think. Yeah. Uh, my uh, my theme for next year is deception with my A-level students, my back students. And our set text is the importance of being earnest. Okay. Uh, which I've never taught that before either. And I need, it's been a few years since I've read it as well. I'm going to go have to go mm. back over that. Uh it's it's funny because when you get given these themes about a year and a half in advance and you have to you kind of like stew them over in your head thinking what would go nice it doesn't necessarily have to compare it can contrast it can you know be completely mm. abstract from the initial one but i just and i've done jekyll and hyde so much i can teach that an autopilot mm. but i don't want to do that anymore really uh, mm. and it's it's funny because I sometimes have these light bulb moments. I was like, us, us, I was like a picture of Dorian Gray. I'd love to teach that. And you, obviously it's another Oscar Wilde, so I can't, I can't do that at all. Why don't you do then? You could do. Um, I'm just looking at my post-its that I'd, um, I've would i stuck around thinking what, I, um, what I've taught and what I enjoy teaching. You could mm. do something like Chaucer. You could do the Pardoner's Tale because they all sort ah. of like deceive each other, don't they, for the um, uh, yeah. for the goods at the end. So you could do something like that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Can you? Th I wonder if there's any contemporary books that out out of those ones that you talked about earlier, does Deception sneak into any of those? I'm gonna have to have a. I'm gonna have to have a little think. Um, I feel like I'm in my interview again when I asked you all yeah. the answers for the interview before <laughs> to prepare me for my interview. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, right. Leave it with me. This is an interesting yeah. one. Listeners, if you of, can are you allowed think, to teach you... the same ones again, or is it sort of frowned yeah. upon? Are you meant to be fresh and sort of... Yeah, I can teach the same ones again. Listeners, if you can think of any good text to do with deception, I would much mm. much, enjoy, much in, enjoy your contribution. I'll give you a cut of my wage. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah, so any other plays that any other plays that you've enjoyed teaching? I'm trying to think myself. Um, I think, well, some of the department have wanted to teach um, the Curious Instant, the play. Ah, so they okay. um, moved on to teach to teach that. Obviously, loads of them do. So one of our um, one of our exam texts for us is about the modern text. So popular ones um, for examination are things like an Inspector Calls and Blood yeah. Brothers is also really popular as well. I haven't, I think I only taught an Inspector Calls when I took over from another teacher who'd chosen it. So I, I taught it, I taught it then. Um, and I've never taught Blood Brothers, but the kids like it because the music. Um, I think the thing with modern plays is that you need to see them. And so the limitations of a mm. of a school, especially that's maybe not ne not near to, you know, if you teach in a school near London, you've got it made, haven't you? Because you can mm. go and see like loads of stuff. Um, but you know, cost of travel, cost of transport, cost of tickets, cost of time, um, mm. all of that makes it quite difficult. And I think it's really important with with plays that you do see them performed. Yeah. It, interestingly, with uh, growing up, that was one of the supplementary texts that I chose in the end was Blood Brothers, mm. uh, just because, again, it's a really accessible one. But it's interesting to teach that to students who have English as a second language from a, yeah. from a cultural point of view, a British cultural point of view, especially, you know, it's away from generally yeah. what they learn about quite london centric you know some of the texts that we do uh, and some of the accents and things are different different yeah. and also like the like the cultural references date quite quickly so when i first started teaching i really enjoyed teaching educating rita mm. and um and loved it and the kids loved it when you put the accent on even though i will admit that it wasn't great um, yeah. <laughs> but they quite enjoy that <laughs> but like i was i'm thinking to read that now you need to sort of explain before you get there what all of these cultural references are because now they're really outdated. So it's it's interesting, like, does it sort of um, stand the test of time? Or if you were putting that on as a theatre director, would you then change bits of it? Yeah. I <laughs> Going back to Blood Brothers, I remember probably the most egotistical moment of my career was when, was when I decided to sing... <laughs> <laughs> listen, 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 listen. I can I can hold a note, okay? I'm not the best. I'm not the best, but I can hold a note. And I always remember this naughty, naughty class of year 11. This was and I put the karaoke of the introduction on. <laughs> and they all sat down. I don't think they even realised it was a musical. And they sit down like pins out, get young with us. I was like, once I had a husband, you know, and the was just like what the hell is going on here? <laughs> I would really, <laughs> I would really recommend that if you want to, if you've got a massive ego, you know, just to sing the entire Blood Brothers as a teacher. <laughs> so like, 
but I literally just did the introduction and the kids were just like shell shocked and I just didn't I didn't <laughs> sing any more of it I was like I cut out and then the rest I just spoke in uh spoke in tune because I think it scarred them for life but uh <laughs> The, can we move on to... Uh, I think least, we need to move on. I think... <laughs> least favourite t- text to teach. Oh. Uh, I, I think for me, there's only one text I've ever bailed out on, as difficult mm-hmm. or as disengaged as the class were or as, as and is incompatible with the scheme. You know, if there was an opportunity to, to bail out, I still kept going. And yeah. the only one... I have just quietly, <laughs> quietly like moved out of lessons really smoothly was Kit's Wilderness. And I'm sorry. Oh, right. I'm not, um, not familiar uh, with that one. Uh, it's more Pergo, but, and it's, it's really well written, but it's mm-hmm. just, it's just a bit too figurative. It's aimed at kind of, uh, I don't know, year, year seven's year eight. So that's when we taught it a year eight. And it was just too figurative for them. And it was all imagery and symbolism. And it was just really well written. But I just, the kids were just every lesson. And and again, I have to reflect on my own teaching. And But it was one that we just kind of, one day they were like, oh, sir, we're doing uh, non-fiction texts. (laughs) What about about the kids' wilderness? I'm like, oh, no, it didn't matter. It just was kind of an ending where we were there. But that was, I think that was my second year of teaching. I haven't done that recently, of course. What about yourself, a least favourite text to teach? Well, I've never bailed on a text. I've started, (laughs) so I'll finish. Um, (laughs) Come hell or high water, we're getting through it. Yeah, we're all sort of doing that. Um, I think there are texts that I find more difficult to teach than others. Mm. I don't know if necessarily there's um, there are ones that perhaps I don't like. There are ones that maybe I find a bit sort of um, I find a bit difficult. So um, loads of people really like the Boys in Striped Pajamas, for example, as a mm. text. Um, and I think that that becomes more difficult to teach. I think the Holocaust Association have had um, sort of commentary on that in terms of like the likelihood of that being sort of true and how it presents, um, you know, history and whether that's sort of right. So I think that I think think like things like that make text difficult i think that um the issues in texts that may be being experienced by classes make things difficult um you know whether it be death or sort of you know um loss in some way or you know drugs things like that i think i think that makes texts hard um i don't think it necessarily means we have to avoid them but i think Mm. it yeah, it brings a whole new, um, yeah, a, a whole new sort of thing to consider when when sort of um, when teaching them. Uh, one mm. of my one of my sixth form classes had asked. Um, so the the unit of the course that I teach is tragedy. Um, so we teach uh, we teach Othello, we teach Tess of the D'Urbervilles, and we teach Death of a Salesman. And after mm. we'd done um, the the sort of bit where the rape scene is alluded to in Tess, one of them mm. sort of stayed behind and said, "Oh, you know, Mister, do, do you think do you, do you think we should have trigger warnings on these um, texts?" Mm. And um, and I sort of said, "Well, 
I understand why you've said that and I understand your sort of your point but I can't think of a text that I teach which wouldn't have some sort of warning on it um mm. you know I mean both in that sort of side of the course which is which is tragedy which I suppose that's the that's the point isn't it and mm. um for lower down the school as well um so I think, yeah, people's reactions to books make them difficult um, as well. Yeah, and it's crazy, isn't it, when you think about texts, how much more explicit you, let me see how I can word this, that, you know, there's, there's some texts that if there were movies of them would mm. never be allowed in class, oh, yeah. you know, just because mm. they are books, we they're allowed to read them etc or we're allowed to teach mm. them and and you're right it's in a in a classroom environment with all students with different experiences as i say i how i dealt with with the streetcar scene i really really had to think about that lesson and mm. we had students the students were so mature and dealt with it so well and mm. was a surprise for them and but it's it, it I don't know. It's for me somehow it's worse, isn't it? When you, when when you have those images in your own head, is again mm. if you've had some kind of personal connection to any of the difficult issues. Uh, mm. And again, I, I completely understand. Like uh, there's some, there's some, like I say, some really difficult text to to teach. Uh, we had in a, going in a, in, a, in a different vein here. There was a there was a text that. I, I found really difficult to teach because of just just engagement, really. Mm. So last, so as I said to you, the grow when we had the growing up theme, uh, the set text was Fever Pitch, which, as far as I mean, I think I think I remember reading it about ten years ago. I enjoyed it; it didn't blow me away. I enjoyed it for being a different kind of structure, lads lit, whatever whatever genre it fell into or created, mm. but. I found it a very difficult one to to read, and, and and like I say, I only teach these books for a year. It's not like what we were talking about before these texts that you can really, you know, know inside out and teach really well. Yeah. Uh, and for to for me to teach students over here in Brussels in their second language with no knowledge of little knowledge of English culture, and then a book about a guy who's obsessed with Arsenal in the 70s and 80s. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's really hard to find that. Cult, cult, where the tech, have you read it? Have you come across it? No, I haven't. I haven't read that one. Um, yeah. But the, the context there is sort of key, isn't it, to understanding yeah. the whole sort of obsession. Um, and if they don't get that, they can't really latch on to the, to the book. Yeah, the the paragraphs would be like, and then blah, 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 John Smith took the ball, he scored it with 2-0, and I was really pleased because it was his third goal, and then and then there'd be like some kind of figurative language <laughs> at the end of the chapter, and then that was it. So by the end, we just read the last sentences of the, the figurative language because it was, uh, but again, maybe, maybe again I need to reflect on my own teaching, but I always remember as well the, the, the students... Uh, showed me on the phone a Facebook event of the the fever pitch book burning, and seemingly they were the oh, flames right. went <laughs> the, 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 the flames <laughs> went high. I heard, but anyway, uh, I wonder but, yeah. if maths teachers have got like a number they'd rather avoid, or like a particular symbol that they don't want to teach, you know, or a if, shape that they want to leave out. Yeah, um. If they're Irish, probably thirty three. <laughs> and thirty three and a third, if they're Irish, would be the number they want to avoid. Uh, 
the, we had another text in as well from from Hannah. Hannah is really enjoying her teach, or maybe not in this case. She said her worst, the worst text, text. Sorry, the worst text that she's ever taught was DNA. Oh no, I've heard bad things about that actually. Yeah, yeah. I, Quite. It, although I have, I, I think I've got a friend who loves teaching it and thinks it's brilliant. And then some people who think it's a bit sort of issue led and like one thing after another. But um, yeah. Yeah, I noticed then, on the on the Twitter as well. I think somebody had mentioned Skellig, and that's a bit oh, that of a blast mean. from the past. Was that you? <laughs> that Is that the mean. dusty old man in the in the shed? Was that Skellig? Yeah, I think I did that on my second placement. So I know I was with you with for the first placement. I think I did that on my second placement. Yeah, and no, no, I tried my hardest. I, I faked my enthusiasm, but deep down, I wasn't enjoying it. Yeah, I think that's something that I taught early on in my career. And, um, yeah, I've been quite fortunate, I suppose, because I think a lot of the time we're able to teach stuff that we quite like. So yeah. we can sort of, we can do stuff in such a way that yeah. <laughs> we don't have to do too many bad things. And even if you don't teach, even if you don't like it, if you've taught it enough times, you know the angle that you can take to make yourself like it, you know, or yeah. bits that you, you can read this at home yourself, you know, keep all the good stuff for yourself in class and, yeah. you know, like edit it so you can plot a, a nice route through them. Uh, just last couple of questions, but this, mm. we've talked all the way through the show tonight about fiction texts. Mm. Do you think we should teach more full non fiction texts interesting um we yeah as a as a school for for us as a department um a lot of our texts that we use for examinations at key stage three are non-fiction because we realize we don't teach a lot of non-fiction um a lot of our pupils really enjoy it actually um and it's about finding quality non-fiction so part of what yeah. we do in our library schemes in year nine is to sort of look at quality autobiographies things like that mm. um and also trying to tie in um so there's a, a colleague sent me today a really good article about um that she did when she did of mice and men with her class um about the use of the n-word and mm. um and a teacher using that and about sort of looking at um non-fiction articles from sort of good quality papers and and linking those um linking those in so i think that there's a there's a place for doing sort of articles extracts that sort of thing yeah um but and again i suppose it's like how do you choose and then what gets sacrificed for what and what can you yeah. move around because it's time isn't it as well and but yeah i do think that um that non-fiction can be equally as as valuable yeah and by its very nature normally your non-fictional texts are just chronological be they travel books autobiographies and they don't yeah. have that that kind of uh structural analysis available that you get from some really good texts you know some really good flash yeah, there's forwards, not the surprise is there in the sort of hiding of information because um, it's more straightforwardly presented. Yeah. Yeah. Although I would say a really good one, which I'm teaching with my uh, year nines at the minute. You, do you know the movie Lion? Have you come across this? I think I've heard of that. Yeah. About this boy who's, uh, I can't remember how old he is. He's really young and he ends up on a train going all the way across India yes. away from his family. And then the, the premise of the movie is him trying to, with no memory trying to find his way back home it's actually yeah. based based on a real story 
and uh, called Long Way Home. And ah. and I've I've kind of like I haven't there's a few bits in it that are too graphic really, but there's there's something about a serial killer in the streets of mm. uh Mumbai. But there's there's parts of that I can use almost the whole text of that as a really nice nonfiction text. Oh, and then well, I've written what, that down. That's, and then we that's can, going yeah. on my list. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can use and then there's a great film to go with it as well, of course. It doesn't matter that there's a film to go with it, but there is a, a really good film to go with it as well. <laughs> Uh, my last question for you tonight, my last question, we've had a right j- literary journey tonight, haven't we? Yeah, uh, we have. What advice do you have for new teachers who, and, and again, just, just we don't have to go in a lot of detail here, but do you have any advice for some teachers who are approaching literature for the first time and maybe a bit nervous about teaching literature, maybe maybe aiming at GCSE kind of teaching here? I just think you've got to convey an enthusiasm for that text, because if you don't, then you can't expect the kids to. And I think that if you're all enjoying it, it does make for a nicer time. (laughs) It it feels it feels less like a visit to the dentist. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) I think that that's really important. And I think you can. I think you can fake a lot of things. And I think that there are so many resources out there. If we're thinking about teaching something to GCSD, there are so many resources Mm. that you can use. So don't invent the wheel, but um, do really know the story and and convey the enjoyable bits of the story, I think. Um, And don't... Don't be afraid to infuse over it. There are texts that I've taught for, for years and years and that mm. even now I'll say to the kids, oh, I've never noticed that before. Or somebody's mm. made a point and I'm like, oh, my word, that is like I've done, I've done this for eight years and I've never seen this um, in it. And I think that, um, that that enthusiasm and that sort of fire for it is really important. Yeah, fake the enthusiasm. And if you can't, put the karaoke track on, sing it to them. <laughs> If... Yeah, it might be a step too far. Uh... <laughs> if it, yep. Week one of your first placement, sing it to them. And if, and if, that, if that doesn't get their attention, then nothing will. <laughs> Steph Mitchell, it's been an absolute pleasure tonight. Thank you so much for, for your perseverance. And Thank you for, for having uh, me. And, uh, yeah, and just being such a good sport tonight. And, uh and I will catch up with you as soon as I can. We really are overdue a catch-up, aren't we, to come Definitely. to Lancaster? No, thank you so much for joining me tonight. And thank you so much for uh, everyone else who's who's been with us tonight, uh, especially people who have been messaging on Twitter and, and texting in live uh, through the Podbean app. It has been a lovely journey tonight of literature, learning about what are some people's favourite texts to teach and maybe not-so-favourite texts as well. I will see you this time next week when I am exploring the most embarrassing moments in classrooms. And I've got a few of my own stories that will probably uh, that will probably uh, pop up there as well. Have a lovely evening. Thank you so much for joining me. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.